If you're looking for a podcast to give you laundry directions on how to remove stains when somebody throws up green beer on your sweater this St. Patrick's Day. Oh, it wasn't Day. throw up. It was just spill. Oh, spill, yeah, but, throw but up. But still, it looked, way, it looked like throw up. Either way, it's not going to be pleasant. No, no. no. But this but, is not that podcast. No. This is, however, comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. Welcome to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage, a podcast where a married couple takes turns each episode selecting a movie, TV show, or documentary to watch. We watch it together, then sit down and discuss why we liked it, loved it, or loathed it, and then share that discussion with you. I am Stan the Movie Man. I review films when I get out to see one at StanTheMovieMan.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Movie Man Stan. You can follow the podcast at CT Marriage. Got something you want to say to us in a longer form? Then send us an email. ComedyTragedyMarriage at gmail.com. You can leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the description of this episode. And finally, if you have a suggestion for us yeah. uh, for something to watch, then you can send that to us via email as well. Uh, just send us the name of what it is you want us to watch and why you think we should watch it. Please follow, like, rate, subscribe, review on uh, all the podcast joints, especially Apple Podcasts. That is the one that helps us out the most. Joining me, as always, is the lovely and talented, my oh. other half. Maud the wifey broad. There, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. your choice this week, so why don't you tell everybody what we watched? It was, um, and as it turns out, um, the star of the film that I chose this week is actually having a birthday later this week. Oh. Just providential providence, I guess. Um, I chose a, a movie that's been on kind of the back burner on my list of things that I wanted to see for a while now. Mm -hmm. um, it was from 2017. It's called... The Wife, um, starring Glenn, Co Glenn Close, basically, and some other people. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but it, it's actually a, a fairly impressive cast. It's a drama from 2017, um, written by Jane Anderson, based on the 2003 novel of the same name by Meg Wolitzer, directed by Bjorn L. Runge. I'm assuming that's how to pronounce that name. Um, the film starred Glenn Close as the wife, the title character, Jonathan Price as the husband, mm -hmm. Christian Slater as the sort of semi-stalkerish biographer um, na named Nathaniel Bone, which I can't even, you know, think about that with a straight face. Um, Max Irons and Annie Stark and Harry Lloyd. Um, also a, a small but um, important role by um, Elizabeth McGovern. A um, couple of interesting casting notes. Um, Max Irons plays um, the son of... Glenn Close and Jonathan Price, and yes, he is the son of Jeremy Irons, um, and Annie Stark plays the young version of Glenn Close's character. This is um, introducing Annie Stark actually in this film, and Annie Stark is actually Glenn Close's real-life daughter. Ah. Oh, did you see a resemblance, or did you hear a resemblance, or? Not really, no. Okay. 
I thought that there was something familiar about her when I watched the movie, but I'm like, where have I seen her before? Turns out I hadn't necessarily seen her before, but I kind of had in her mother. Mm. Um, the, um, the, the story, um, it, basically we open um, as we see um, Glenn Close and Jonathan Price's characters um, in bed together, fully clothed. Um, they're up into the wee hours of the morning waiting for an important phone call. Um, and it turns out that the phone call is to let them know that um, Joe Castleman has been chosen to receive a Nobel Prize in literature. Um, his wife, Joan, um, has been um, the dutiful, supportive, um, sort of fading into the background, holding things together at home, raising the family wife for, you know, the 40 plus years of their marriage. We're led to believe. Mm -hmm. um, and the the film un unravels sort of a character study into their relationship with each other, with themselves, as far as um, um, Joan Castleman particularly um, questioning some of her life choices, questioning her husband's life choices, um, and we we get a good bit of their present day life before um, we get a flashback of them in 1958 at Smith College, where um, a young Joan Archer is a writing student and a young Joe Castleman is one of her professors. And that is where they meet and where they're relationship begins mm -hmm. now at the time he is married with a newborn daughter named Fanny um, we see what we think is um, some romantic tension in a scene between the two of them where he's talking about a story that she has written and then he asks her if um, if she's busy Saturday night and and she says no I'm I'm, I'm free Saturday night and then he asks her does she want to babysit and so she, you know, she's like all sheepish, but yes, she goes to babysit. And obviously their relationship develops from there. Um, they, um, we flash back a few times to their younger days. Um, and, and most of the film actually takes place in Sweden. Um, they, they fly on the Concorde on their way over, and it's very posh. Um, their son, David, goes with them. Um, their daughter, Susanna, is huge pregnant, though, so she doesn't travel. Obviously, it's way too late in her pregnancy for her to fly. Um, as they are in Sweden, um, we, see, we see things at first that led me to believe that perhaps Joe, Joe the Castleman writer guy, maybe is suffering from some sort of dementia or something. Um, 
some flowers arrive um, in their ho their beautiful Swedish hotel suite um, from a Sylvia Fry. And he said, who the hell is that? And his son is like, Dad, don't you remember? This is one of your characters. And I'm thinking, oh, God, dementia. Um, turns out it's something else. Yeah, it's not, yes, something it's, else entirely. It's something quite else. Mm -hmm. um, bouncing further down... Um, if I can get down far enough, good grief. Um, I need to maybe bounce to another place. Glenn Close was nominated for a ton of awards for this. Mm -hmm. um, uh, full disclosure, I've been a fan of Glenn Close's since you took me to see The World According to Garp in oh, yeah. 1982 when we had been dating for like five minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and I like, I Glenn Close, where is, I don't, who who is Glenn Close? I'm thinking Glenn, Glenn Clo Close is a guy. Mm -hmm. um, it turns out it's Glenn Close who played the character of Garp's mother. Um, but anyway, um, Glenn Close, her birthday is March 19th. We're recording this um, right now on March 14th. Um, she has been... Um, an actress for decades and she has um, according to Wikipedia has garnered numerous accolades mm -hmm. um, she has um, she has won two SAG Awards Screen Actors Guild three Golden Globes three Primetime Emmys and three Tony Awards she has um, also been nominated for um, eight Academy Awards she's never won no she she's hasn't. sort of like about to become the Susan Lucci of the Oscars. Mm -hmm. um, she's actually tied for the most nominations um, in an acting category without a win, um, tied with Peter O'Toole. Um, and in 2016, she was um, inducted into the American Theater Hall of Fame. So Glenn Close has been an acting um, force to be reckoned with for decades. Um, and I've been a huge fan, um, love her in The Big Chill, um, she was in a TV movie in 1995, um, and she was nominated. She received an Emmy Award for it, um, and it was um, the story of Margareta Kammermeyer, who was a, a military um, officer who was gay. Oh, yes, I remember that yeah. movie. Um, so that's, I was thinking it was actually older than that, but it apparently was 1995. Um, really loved her in Damages. Mm -hmm. She, that was an FX series and she was just as evil and conniving and, um, utterly despisable her character mm -hmm. was. Um, so I've loved her for ages. And of course she... Probably, at least at the time, became best known as the uh, crazy mistress in oh, Deadly yeah. Attraction. The Bunny Boiler. Yes, The Bunny Boiler. A movie that I still have fatal not attraction. seen. Fatal, fatal attraction. attraction. What did you say? Basic I attraction? Said, no, I said Deadly Attraction. Oh, fatal. F fatal, deadly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Six, one, half, deadly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never seen that. I, I never have either. We probably but, should. Well, we we probably should. I feel like culturally illiterate. It's it's one of those 
And granted, we're way off the topic. We are. But it's one of those movies that um, punishes people for their sexual activity. Now, granted, he's uh, Michael Douglas's character is cheating on his wife, but I don't think anybody deserves to have be their, stalked and killed. Have their rabbit boiled. Uh, or have their child's rabbit boiled yeah. uh, by their uh, crazy... Crazy ex, mistress. Uh, crazy mistress, so... Yeah. With uh, a really bad perm. <laughs> but everybody's perms looked like that. That's true. Um, in 1988 or whatever year it was. Right. Um, no, Glenn Close is a marvel. She, she really is, a, is. She is a fantastic actress. She um, lost that particular Academy Award to Olivia Coleman. Uh, who played the queen in The, the favorite. favorite. And she actually, that year, was The Favorite because she won the Oscar. Well, actually, Glenn Close was the favorite going into that night. Yeah, but she... And then she ended up losing. Yeah. Un until she wasn't the to, favorite. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Olivia Coleman is one of those people who, and it, this is really off topic, but Olivia Coleman just seems to like whatever she touches turns to Oscar gold. Yeah, there was a thought uh, that her, and I can't remember the name of it now, but her latest film where she... It's set back in like the 50s, and uh, she begins a relationship with uh, a, an African man in mm -hmm. Great Britain. Um, Empire of Light, I think maybe is what it's called. Um, and at first, when that first came out, it was like, oh yeah, she's going to get nominated again. But she didn't. Turned yeah. out she didn't. Excuse me. <coughs> yes. Mott's got a little bit of an allergy, scratchy throat kind of situation happening. It's ugh. Yeah. Uh, but, but, yes, uh, back to <clears throat> Glenn Close. Mm. Um, this movie divided the critics. Yeah. Um, you know, and to be honest, I had a few problems with the story myself. The, you know, everything comes to a head at the very end. We won't spoil no. what happens. Or why it comes to a head, but there's this, there's this enormous secret that has been kept. Yeah. Uh, throughout the course of their life together, mm -hmm. practically. And, you know, finally one of them gives it voice, and that ends. That is what is going to end the marriage. Actually, there are a few times in this movie where it appears the marriage is ending. Yeah. Uh, right then. Yeah. Um, and then... <coughs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Then something happens. Some, either a very happy event occurs. Yeah. Um, the birth of their grandchild. Yeah. Or something very sad happens. Uh, something very tragic. That, yeah. that always manages to pull them back together. There's... It's like an unhealthy, codependent kind of situation. Um, one critic described it as Stockholm Syndrome, but with a twist. Mm -hmm. um, I have to believe that there's that there has been great love throughout this relationship, um, at least in the beginning. I think what, at least for him, was great passion. Yeah. And then once he learned 
what she could do for him. Yeah. It became more of a business arrangement, at least on his end. He, um, he, you know, I think he only hangs, uh, granted he has affairs throughout their marriage. Yeah. But well, I because think. Because he's the literary genius and all tortured artists cheat. Apparently. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's like he's, he knows that he has to come home, that he has to beg for forgiveness eventually, that he has to um, pretty much give her whatever she wants, not that she's a gold digger, but that he needs her far more than she needs him. But in a way, she does need him equally because in order for her and again, I don't want to spoil Gift. anything. For her expression to mm -hmm. to find place, mm -hmm. she needs him. At the beginning, she at the did. beginning, and then it turned as time into this whole on, thing. Yeah, it's it is a definitely a very unhealthy codependent relationship. Yeah. Um, and I, you know. It, course it's a completely different movie if this happens but I really wanted her to go out on her own get the credit she deserved and, Me too. and 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 perhaps by the end of the film she'll be allowed to do that I, that's what I was hoping for yes but I would have liked to have seen it in the movie I would too actually I kind of wanted uh, her husband um, Joe. Joe, uh, to suffer a little bit. I, I wanted him to realize that when she walks out, that it's over. Everything, yeah, everything else is walking out with him. Everything. Yeah. And that she could destroy him mm -hmm. with a single press release. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have seen that because that is, I just am that person. Yeah. I would have I would have loved to have seen that. I also would have preferred it if if she stood up on her own two feet and and granted it probably would not have gone well at first. But I mean it didn't it doesn't take a genius apparently to figure out what's going on because the reporter find the the biographer the wannabe biographer finds out what's going on or figures it out he doesn't know for certain but he knows yeah um and it's it's just this i i want to see the bad guys get their comeuppance and i, do I know too. that they don't always in life uh we live in a state where apparently you can be as awful as you want to be and run the joint and the more awful you are, the more the, successful you can get. The, the, the more the more power you get. Ugh. But um, in this, but it's this is a movie. Granted, based on a book, so I'm sure that our, you know, desires weren't weren't reflected in the book. But I just I just really wanted him to be like, oh no. What have I done? I have so screwed up here. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that. Yes. Um, hearkening to performances, mm -hmm. for most of this film, Glenn Close's performance 
is very subdued. Mm -hmm. It's very internal. Mm -hmm. uh, one critic described it as implosive. Um, and I think that that's a fair description. Yeah, either that or it's like a barely contained rage. Like the pots, yeah, the pots just about to blow the lid off. The lid, the lid is is wiggling it's, and clicking, yeah. um, and, and she's just on the on a, a couple of times, just on the very verge. And when she does blow, and she does, yeah, um, at near the end, it's like this this rage, this this righteous anger at what her life has been and what it could have been. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I I really enjoyed her performance. My fault is not with anybody that is in the movie. My fault is with the story. The story, yeah. Um, Jonathan Price and Max Irons, on the other hand, um, are very external oh, in yeah. their performances. They're very explosive. They're, everything is on their sleeves. And there's, you know, yelling and um, profanity mm -hmm. and um, just, you know, d manly, testosterone-driven stomping and posturing yes. and um, very, you know, loud. Not over the top, I think, for who their characters are, um, but very... Um, very volatile and very male. Yes, they they are oil and and uh, water. They do not mix well. No. Um, and I I think the son gets a little of that from mom, but she has learned over the years to tamp it down. Yeah. And he has not. No. He is, is constantly looking for the next insult from dad because that's just what he expects. Yeah. Um, and there's, um, there's a, a, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, well, it wasn't important apparently, but it'll come back. There's a, there's just this, this constant, it's like they're circling each other, like they're couple of boxers in the ring and they're just waiting for their opening so that they can take the next punch yeah or throw the next punch um and oh i know what i was gonna say the kid is the son who is in his 30s probably um is he comes off as a little bit spoiled yeah um but he's also so craving his father's approval mm -hmm. because he is an aspiring writer. Yes. And, um, you know, no nobody's approval but dad's is going to do. Right. Even though his mom read his story and, and said, said it, was it was beautifully written. It was beautifully written. And dad pretty much craps on it yeah. the whole time, even though he does have some positive things to say. Uh, he also, well, I'm not going to get into that, but he he's, because I don't want to spoil the end of yeah. the movie, but he's, he's just, he doesn't have the tools to express what either needs to be improved or for him to recognize that it's actually a good story. Yeah, what works and what doesn't. Yeah. 
um, yeah, and and nobody's praise is going to do but Dad's. Because Dad is the successful writer. Yeah. Dad and is the literary genius who has redefined the form the, of the, the novel the and genre, the genre. Yes. And, it, and his wife, while she has many, many talents like um, organizing and uh, taking care of itineraries Fetch and, making, and sure, making sure he takes his pills when he's supposed to because he has high blood pressure um, and, uh, you know, all the other th making sure his, his suits are pressed and, and all that stuff. She doesn't write. Des despite, her, despite the praise that he gets from her, it's just not enough yeah. because she's not the Nobel Prize winner for literature. She's not a writer. And that has been her lot, this entire marriage. Mm -hmm. And you can see it is eating her alive yeah. by the end of the movie. Yeah. I think if the, if the attention and the accolades had been more scattered out, if he hadn't won the Nobel Prize, but if he had, you know, if he won this, the usual, if he won a Pulitzer or um, if he won any Booker I, I don't, Booker's for kids books, though, isn't it? Booker? The, the Booker Prize. I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, um, if he'd won any other literary award, she could deal with it. But the Nobel and all of these people, the King of Sweden, uh, presenting him mm -hmm. an award, and all of these people just treating him like his his... Poop don't stink. Well, yeah, she says there's that he's been he's spent his career surrounded by sycophants. Yeah, and he has. So, it's just that this this concentration of this attention just drives her over the edge. Well, yeah, there's this is the pinnacle of a career. This is the pinnacle of prestige. Mm -hmm. This is, um, I mean, what rock do you have to have lived under for a hundred years? to not know what the Nobel Prize is. <laughs> there are a lot of people who don't understand. Oh, it's more please. than just the Peace Prize, because that's what they hear a lot of. It's, it's for, there's one for economics, there's one for um, uh, medicine, uh, there's there's one for mathematics. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's, there's all kinds there's a bunch of, of Nobel, Nobel Prizes. Um, and literature. Yes, and literature is, is one of them. Yeah. Um, and that's the one that's that's the focus of this story. Yes. So um, should we take a break and then come back and get down to nuts and bolts of like Rotten Tomatoes and money and all and our ratings and all those things? Wow. It's almost like you've done this before. Oh, gosh. Yes. Let's do that after the break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage. We have been discussing the 2017 drama, The Wife. The Wife. Starring Glenn Close, Jonathan Price, and Christian Slater. Uh, the film was premiered at the Toronto Film Festival in September of 2017, before the world ended. It didn't come out until nearly a year later in the United States, it was a uh, small release. It was a little release, yeah, because it was kind of an arty movie. But Close's performance was immediately praised, mm -hmm. and she was awarded the Golden Globe. She also got the Screen Actors Guild Award. Mm -hmm. 
the Independent Spirit Award and the Critics' Choice Award for Best Actress. And she was nominated for the Academy Award and the BAFTA uh, for Best Actress that year. Sadly, she lost out to Olivia Coleman. That is true. Um, the film was not a financial success at all. Yeah. But these smaller films are paid for by the bigger releases. Yeah. That uh, and they don't they don't commercialism they don't, pays for art. They don't expect to make money off these films. It yeah. had a budget of twenty million dollars, and it took in a total of eighteen point four million worldwide. Yeah. And a little over half of that actually goes to the studio. Ouch. So um, that's uh, that. You know, that's that. Um, it has an 86 on Rotten Tomatoes, the movie The Wife, based on 232 critic reviews. Metacritic has a 77 out of 100, based on 36 critics, indicating generally favorable reviews. Not everybody liked it. Yeah. Um, according to the Chicago reader, uh, Ben Sachs, he writes, because the performances are so calculated, the emotional outbursts on which the story hinges fail to make a dramatic impact. And for a film about a novelist, the wife conveys very little, very little sense of what it's like to read or write. Ouch. That was, that was kind of mean. That's harsh. But, uh, but I think you and I have a different opinion. We have problems with the story, but otherwise... I think we liked the film in general. Mm -hmm. Please tell me, what is your rating for The Wife? I'm going to have to split the difference, the difference between how I would have liked the story to go mm -hmm. and that versus the strength of the performances. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give it um, four... Big fat books. Oh, you're not giving it two different. No. Okay. Four. So four. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna give my. I'm gonna give it three and a half. I think it's. It is a very watchable movie, and Glenn Close is just. You can't not watch her, um, as she goes through this whole process. But the story is is just. It doesn't ring true it's in not, many ways. It's not satisfying. No. The way well, that it winds up. I mean, I guess if you want to be mean, the way it ends is like, oh yeah, yeah, that that's satisfying in a way. Yeah, but not the way I want. But not the way you would really prefer. No. So, uh, four from Maud, three and a half from me. Also, just as an aside. Glenn Close with white, really super short hair looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. She's just, she's, she's not um, conventionally beautiful. Um, she has striking features. She's, she's very angular. She is very angular. Um, but I don't mean that in a bad way. No, there, there are moments in this film, though, where just... The shadow that crosses her face, not a literal shadow, but just a, a tiny change in expression. Mm -hmm. And what her eyes do is that's, that's when you can tell that you are in the presence of a masterful actor. Yes. 
yeah, she's she's uh, wonderful to watch, and um, I adore her. This movie, The Wife, is on HBO Max. So that's if you where we streamed to it. That you can watch it there, or you can rent it on whatever platform you choose. It also streams on Hulu, but it's going to have commercials there. Okay. So, well, if you don't pay for the Super Hulu for yes, for Super Hulu, uh, yeah. So you can watch it those two places, or rent it, or buy it. Yeah. What have you been watching? Not really much of anything. I did a deep dive. Did a deep dive into Falcon Crest over the weekend. Finished the second season and started mm-hmm. the third. There was a cliffhanger at the end of season two that I had forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, at the beginning of season three, we see some big changes in the family and a couple of changes in the cast. Uh-huh. So, good stuff. Well, uh, you and I watched Jared from Subway catching a monster on ID. It was originally on ID and is on Discovery Plus streaming now. Oh my God. Oh, ew. Yeah. Just, I mean, like, you know, when the story was happening at the time, it was like, ew, Jared from Subway's a perv. Mm-hmm. Um, this three part um, docuseries gives us graphic, audio taped evidence of what a perv Jared from Subway really is. Yeah. um, There was a a radio DJ who he met on one of his um, junkets around the country. Yeah. Junk. Sorry, you said junk. Where he would frequently go to elementary schools and encourage children to eat eat right and exercise, showing off his giant pants from before mm-hmm. he lost the weight. Grade schools and middle schools. Yes. And um, he um, he met this, this woman, and uh, he said something really odd to her. Odd and creepy. Yes. Her name is Rochelle Herman. She was a... a both a TV and radio journalist in Sarasota, Florida at the time. Mm-hmm. That's where they met. Mm-hmm. And um, he said this weird thing about about middle school girls. Was that what it was? Yeah, I think it was middle school girls. Something about how hot they were. How hot he thought they were. And, and she's all, she's like, Ew. Yeah, she wasn't, she... I don't know you that well. How, why like, are you? What is wrong with you? Why are you saying? But she didn't say it out loud. No. She was just really shocked by by what he said, and then she decided to start up a conversation with him over the phone, call him regularly, and get him to talk about that, so he could, so she could record their conversations. Mm-hmm. Now, while he didn't. He can say whatever he wants to over the phone um, because they can't show purpose or intent uh, to commit a crime. It's gross, the things he said, the things he wanted but if all he you're said doing, he wanted to do. If all you're doing is thinking about it, as, as horrible as it is, yes. thinking horrible things is not against the law. Correct. And, and we're not the thought police yet. Um, but if it happens anywhere, it'll be Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Um, so she goes to the FBI with the, all of these tapes, and it turns out she has broken the law by recording him. 
Yeah, in some states, apparently... You need both people to you know need being You need both recorded. people to, yeah. Unless you have a court order. Yeah. Um, in Tennessee, you know, you don't. As long as one person knows they're being recorded, you can record somebody else talking to you. But uh, in Florida, you need both people's consent or a court order. So she was on the hook for... they. I think what they were doing was threatening her to get her cooperation. Yeah. Because they then said, keep talking to him, keep recording, see if you can get him. See what else you can learn. Like, for instance, to travel across state lines mm -hmm. to engage in sex with a minor. Because that he talked about stuff like that all the time. Yeah. And it's, it's about, um, I mean, to make concrete plans to do that. Yes, that's and, intent. And, and her... Uh, her role in those conversations was to act like she was interested and excited by it. And it took a horrific toll on her and her oh, yeah. family, um, and her career. Um, but, and even in, in her stuff, and the, the tape she recorded while they got the FBI's interest did not lead to his conviction. It was the guy who was running his foundation who uh, they caught with child porn mm -hmm. and having planted um, uh, cameras in his home so he could he could spy on his uh, stepdaughters. teenage stepdaughters doing whatever. And, you know, in undressed, changing yes. clothes. Well, and the first thing that they got him on was... Um, Photographs or videos of oh oh yeah bestiality oh uh, yeah yeah uh, ew yeah ew such and, quality people and then it grew from that yeah Ugh. Um, and it's it's you I, I'm not gonna say I enjoyed this but it was very informative in it, many ways it was and terrifying yes in other ways. And um, I felt slimy after each episode. Jared the Subway guy was just all about the meatball and sausage sandwiches. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, well, and part of what they were talking about was um, his defense attorney tried to... Um, tried to play it like, well, this is just a transference from one addiction to another. Mm -hmm. He lost all this weight, but he, it morphed into a sex addiction. Yeah. Excuse me, I'm sorry, but an ad sex addiction and pedophilia are not the same. Well, and there's even some question as to whether sex addiction is, is a real. thing, yeah. Uh, but that is an argument for That's another, another thing. But, yeah, uh, this is available to stream on Discovery Plus. It's Jared from Subway catching a monster. If you're into real, true crime, mm -hmm. this is about as true and real and crimey as it, get. it yeah. gets. It's not for the faint of heart, but it's... Um, I think it's important to see, it's important for to parents. see, And it's grossly fascinating and yes um, and it's also I think important for people without children to see that there are people out there who you would never suspect not that you need to suspect everybody in your life of being a pedophile the Republican Party is doing enough of that as it is but 
there's there's all of this there's this thing that some people have and look I'm going to say something that's going to maybe make a few people mad but not all pedophiles are active pedophiles there may be people out there who can control the urge who are attracted to children but don't but act, don't on, act it. on it just like there are psychopaths that don't go out and kill yeah so i you know i i there's all kinds of nuance and i know we like to deal in absolutes sometimes especially when dealing with children yeah uh, but there's there are shades of gray here that I think need to be looked at and we need to figure out how we deal with these folks because if they get sent because Jared's been sent to prison for 15 years and that's all he's still a relatively young man mm -hmm. when he comes out he could still offend unless he is deemed one of those offenders that can never be let out and he gets locked up for the rest of his life um, but there's no guarantee that'll happen. Yeah. Well, you got to figure out and, and just keeping them in these little zones where they can't be near a school or a church or. Um, oh, you yeah. Know, Enforce that. Wherever that is. Uh, I mean, you can look. There's a website online where you can look to see the convicted sex offenders in your neighborhood. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. Yeah. Now, I don't have an answer for any of this, but I think it's something we've got to look into as far as how do we deal with these people. Well, before it was all said and done in the Jared case, mm -hmm. there were 14 victims mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. 15 years in jail, eh, I'm surprised they- Little over a year per victim, that doesn't seem like that's right to well, me. Well, and that included the child porn that they found on his computers. Uh, in flash drives, so I, I don't know why they didn't stack those sentences up yeah. unless they were, as part of some deal, just put it all in one thing. Ugh. But yeah, because he he pled guilty. There wasn't a trial. Yeah, he pled guilty. Um, so you know there there's so much wrong with all of this. Yeah, that uh, I think we have to ask some very hard questions and take a very hard look at how we deal with these people and what happens when they get out yeah because they will eventually Ugh. i mean we don't consider child molestation as the same as murder although some of the victims would argue that um so I'd like to talk about something else now. Let's How about do. you? Um, watched the Academy Award nominated documentary Fire of Love that is available to stream on Disney Plus. Um, Maurice and Katya Kraft uh, were two singular people who found each other, fell in love, and became this team that would go around and videotape and um, and photograph uh, volcanoes. Weird flex, but okay. Not not the hobby that I want to pursue with you, but... And back at you. Thank you. But this was their passion. 
Because what they wanted to do was figure out a way to determine, especially with the ones that they, they classified them in two basic categories. One was the red volcanoes that spewed the molten lava. Mm -hmm. uh, they generally, it's very hard for them to kill you, as they say. You have to try real hard to be killed by one of those. Um, or, and the gray volcanoes, the Mount St. Helens of the world. Could, uh, the Mount Pinatubos. The, they haven't gone off, but they could any time. Well, these are the ones that, that are, their deadliest force is the gas within their magma. Uh, and it builds up pressure, and then instead of just sort of bloop, bloop, bloop out, it's, it's a giant explosion. Yeah. Uh, so... They wanted to study those because those were the deadliest. Those were the ones that killed more people oh, per so, eruption. So let's go jump into the, you know, into the really dangerous stuff. Well, spoiler alert, uh, one, uh, the, the last volcano they were studying in Japan did kill them. Oof. They got uh, run over by a pyroclastic flow, which moves... At over 100 miles an hour, sometimes, and or faster. So you're not outrunning it. And is like, it, once you're inside of it, it's like 1,200 degrees. Uh, it's hot gases and rocks and uh, hot rocks. Um, and, yeah, if so you, you get overrun. So you would call it a burning, fiery, explosive passion that they had. You could. Because it burned, fired, and exploded them. Yes. Uh, but anyway... It, it is it is about their lives together and their passion for volcanoes and how they found this passion together and um, tried to warn, in, in a couple of places, they tried to warn governments that these uh, these particular kinds of volcanoes were going to explode. A bunch of other scientists also tried to warn them. The government said, eh, it's too expensive to move people. We'll wait. Aye, It'll Captain, be fine. she's about to blow. And they did, and one of them caused mudslides that killed 25,000 people. Mm. Um, so they were, they were trying to better understand the triggering mechanism of what fired off these gray volcanoes. Yeah. And uh, it's a... If you're the least bit interested in natural sciences and two very odd people, <laughs> yeah. um, then I, I, th I think uh, Fire of Love, which was uh, nominated for an Academy Award, uh, lost out to Navalny. Um, this might be something that you would be interested in. It is on Disney+. Plus. Uh, also, I watched a documentary on Curiosity Stream called Vigilante, which was a look at the 80-year-plus history of Batman and yeah. his rogues gallery and his creation and his various forms um, and how uh, Batman often reflects society's um, sort of uh, anger over crime. Um, and uh, how he is, you know, he's he's obscenely wealthy, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. In case you didn't know, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Spoiler alert! Yeah, sorry. 
and uh, he how his his wealth and his uh, the tragedy of his youth when his again spoiler alert parents were murdered in front of him yeah. uh, by a guy named Joe Chill depending on which version of canon you pay attention to um, how that shaped his need to watch out for the the little person and crime victims and you know uh, try to keep what happened to him from, from happening, happening to anybody else. else. Um, and granted, it's it's basically a clip show. It's it's not really anything new. There's a lot of um, uh, old interviews and old uh, footage from the Batman serial from way back in the day, and uh, stuff that you know might have been on entertainment tonight or or um, uh, any other entertainment show about the premieres of the various batman mm -hmm. movies but you know still if you are a batman fan it's always good to brush up on your bat history uh and it's it was it was enjoyable an amusing hour or, or so to to watch uh as it goes through the entire history from the very beginning. Uh, and they give uh, Batman co-creator Bill Finger his due. Bob Kane it was always credited mm -hmm. as the creator of Batman, but Bill Finger um, created the Joker and created uh, several other... Of, of the his, villains. Of his, well, and, uh, and some of the things that we just now think of as having been with Batman since the beginning. So, um, so this would be a nice little Batman primer, you think? Yeah, if you are completely ignorant of Batman, then by all means, uh, watch Vigilante. It's on Curiosity Stream. I'm and there is check that out. There is another. Um, there is another uh, documentary on Hulu specifically about Bill Finger. I cannot remember. Maybe Batman and Me or Batman and Bill. Or something, or Bill and Batman, I don't remember. But uh, it is uh, probably a little glossier version because it only came out if maybe five years ago. Okay. But uh, yeah, it is, a, it, it is an introduction or a reintroduction, if you will, to the lore of Batman. So I enjoyed it. Okay. That's on Curiosity Stream. We also watched the first episode of uh, the second season of Perry Mason. Love me some Matthew Reese, but he needs a haircut. <laughs> and uh, the we've seen the murder that will eventually lead to him trying a case, um, but uh, we don't know much about what's going on, just like we didn't know much about what was going on at In the, the beginning season. of last season. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. That is on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Uh, no. Okay. Not from me. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Comedy Tragedy Marriage. Uh, you can check us out on all the podcast platforms and give us a, uh, a follow, rating, and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find us. It also helps if you share us with your friends on social media. Just share the name Comedy Tragedy Marriage or at CT Marriage on Twitter, and uh, that will also help more folks find us. If you have a suggestion for something for us to watch, you can send that to us via email, 
comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. Tell us what it is you want us to watch and why you think we should watch it. I am Stan the Movie Man. That's Maude the Movie Broad. Love you. Love you. And until next time. Later. Later.